Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Sam. And this is Anuel. And this is Murderous Intention. Hey guys, so sorry about last week. Um kind of got caught up with other stuff going on um, but we're here and we're gonna give you a double feature so that way we end season three with every episode we're supposed to have <laughs> and on time and try to keep our schedule going um, so with what happened in Texas just um, an update um, so, we did previously the Nicholas Cruz um, school shooting case, um, and because of what happened in Texas, um, Florida is wanting to reopen their um, that the case with Nicholas, and I, from what I'm understanding, is basically kind of withdraw the whole mental health you know, um, issue that he had, and so far that's as much as the update I had gotten, um, I'm still waiting to see what goes on, but I know they were already retrialing him, um, so I'm just waiting to see what happens with that. Yeah, I didn't hear that, um... I don't understand why you would do that because from what I, if I remember the case correctly, this was a while ago by the way, I think this was season one when we did this, um, it was legit, he had mental health issues, so why would you not try to try him because of something that happened in Texas, I don't, I don't get it, but anyway, this whole, this whole, um, the information that we're getting from Texas is ridiculous as it is and how long it took cops and parents had to get in there to take get their own kids out all this i don't you know i don't understand it but um we, we shall see if they actually try to try him and actually convict him in jail instead of a uh, mental health hospital i'm not sure how well that's going to go uh not sure but i think he's better off where he's at because he's getting the treatments that he needs you know um, but I will because I put for a following for it so let's see if um, I can be able to keep up with everything that's going on plus with all the new things we're gonna be having for season three you know that's coming up um, just trying to yeah. make sure I keep up with everything <laughs> yeah so um Many so just to make sure that everybody understands, this we you will get two episodes. 
Marine and then Samantha's. And then we're taking a break. Um, and then we'll start season three in July. The first, the second Saturday of July, yeah. I believe it is. Whatever the ninth is. So, um, mine is going to be super short. Um, Samantha has spoken about this case before. Um, I, when she, she did the... Um, the China Cynthia, P. I'm sorry? China P. Arnold. Right. So she did the China P. Arnold, and then, because that case was kind of short, she also did the um, Dina Schausler. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, so, but we found that, we found a new, um, we found an article that gave a little bit more information, so I'm just going to continue it um, and let you know what the article said. And uh, it's got to be short, so that would kind of good that we're doing a double feature because, you know, it won't be a 30-minute episode. Well, it, it will be because it's by itself, but, you know. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, John and Dean, Dina Schottler were a well-off couple who moved from Illinois to upscale neighborhood of Fort Worth, Texas, in 2000. Um, as you probably already know, John worked as a sophomore software designer while Dina was a stay-at-home mom to their two daughters, Brianna and Kelsey. Um, not long after moving, John, who was a sole breadwinner for the family, lost his job and started doing freelance consulting. Unfortunately, his latest gig wasn't enough to keep the family lifestyle afloat, and soon they lost their house to foreclosure. Um, and so anyway, um, before they lost their house, John and Dina Schausler had, had discovered the Water of Life Church through friends. Um, the couple must have found the church and its teachings appealing because, because soon after their introduction, they reportedly made the 120-mile road trip several days a week to attend the church. Now, 120 miles, that's a long yeah. ride to go to church. Just saying. Yes, it is. Um, that's that's what you call dedication, I guess. Um, considering um, considering the dedication to the water of life, the family of four moved to an apartment near the church after losing their previous home. Um, after they moved, Deanna's relatives started taking notes of her growing fascination with the water of life church and its pastor Doyle Davidson. Um, Talking about Doyle Davidson, um, the pastor of the Water Life Church, was a former veterinarian and often laced his teachings with lessons he learned while doctoring animals. He believed he was a prophet who was sent to Plano, Texas, where the Water of Life Church was located, to spread the message of God. Okay. Davidson stated he believed a Jezebel spirit had infected the city of Plano and that the spirit of the biblical pagan prophecy operated through the town's women to subjugate men. Through his preaching, Davidson taught the medicine, excuse me, through preaching, Davidson taught that medicine is witchcraft and everything could be corrected through prayer. Uh, I'm not so okay. sure about that. <laughs> I'm a firm believer in God and, you know, and all that, but I don't believe that God can heal me if I don't go see a doctor. Just saying. 
I think he put he put those instruments, you know, he put these things that we, they use, you know, the herbs and everything like that, which are now constructed, you know, all these chemicals out into the world to be used to assist, you know. It's yeah. called evolution. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, I also believe that the the um, the study of being a doctor, nurse, and all that medical professional was created for a reason, and God made sure that you know. But anyway, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't understand. I I do agree that some that some medicines is bad for you and overusing it, and you know, we have people that pop pills to get high. So all yeah. that stuff, I understand that, but saying that um, medicine itself is a problem as well. I mean, at least to me. But anyway. Um, so John and Dina devotedly, devotedly followed his sermons. One time, Dina's mother, who worked as a nurse, brought some cough medicine for Dina's daughter. However, Dina threw away the bottle and told the mother that they used prayer to kill illnesses, not medicine. Okay, um, so <laughs> I'm just going to say okay because this is like, you know, I don't, Japanese to me in that thinking, but anyway. Um, in the spring of 2003, Diana became pregnant again. Considering the couple's highly influenced views of medical science, um, Diana gave birth to her third daughter, Margaret, in her home with the help of a midwife. So we believe in midwives. But we don't believe in medicine. So midwives are just basically, they will help guide you through your pregnancy. And they will help with the delivery. Um, they just, you know, tell you when to push, when it needs to be going from, you know, like... They're more of like a more professional termed coach you know because they can actually assist with the whole labor um and pushing out and whatnot um but if it gets too too dangerous um where either the mother or the child can't be harmed they are supposed to call a doctor to go and assist with that right well that's that's where i was going with it because yeah midwives are great you know and even people that believe in hospitals and all that rather do it at home with a midwife than going to the hospital and getting juiced up, getting what they call juiced up or getting um, all that, what is it called? Um, that thing that knocks out your, you know, that helps with the pain. Um, an epidural. Anesthesia and all that kind of stuff. Huh? Like an epidural? <laughs> epidural and all that. So with a midwife, you you're not you don't have none of that because they can't inject no. you with that stuff. You're bearing anyway. the pain. <laughs> you're bearing the pain, like it, like back before, in the old days where you just went to the to the what's it called the um, the plantation, whatever, and you just popped your legs open and let it pop out. Whatever happened, happened. Just saying, that's the old way of doing it. Well, you didn't just go to the plantation and just pop out. No, I call it plantation, but it's, it's really the fields, wherever. And they put a blanket or something on the floor. And it just, hopefully nothing happened, because if not, you were dead. Like the baby 
was breached or something, then then there'd be a different issue. But anyway, I'm going too deep into this right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So, Deanna later claimed she had given birth to twins, a boy and a girl, but the boy had died during the birth and returned to God. Previously, Deanna had suffered from minor postpartum depression after giving birth to her first two daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the looks of it, Deanna was again experiencing some kind of mental struggles, but a lack of clinical care only served to worsen the situation. Just a day after giving birth to Margaret, Deanna tried to kill herself by cutting her wrist. John found her bleeding in the bathroom, but he didn't think to take care to take her to the hospital. They covered up the injuries with bandages and prayed to heal her. Okay. Uh, yeah, she could die, bled out. Um, God does miracles, but I don't know. I don't know about all this now. I don't know. Uh, isn't it like a Isn't it like a sin to try to off yourself? Yes. But at the same time, I don't know what this um, word of life was teaching him. Was teaching them because apparently, I can't. I can't. I can't comment on what exactly they were teaching them, but. As far besides the fact that we don't believe in medicine, God will God will hear you. Uh, that just sounds like a crock of ball. That's to me too, but um, so anyway, five days later after her suicide attempt, Deanna burst out of the apartment and took off running while Kelsey was watching The Little Mermaid on TV. Um, Dana believed that the characters on TV were talking to her and laughing at her. Kelsey, now five years old, tried to chase her mother, but couldn't keep up with Dina's um, pace. The police eventually found her, but when they approached her, Dina started screaming. She was diagnosed with postpartum psychosis and admitted to a psychiatric hospital. Dina wanted to stay in in the mental hospital facility a a little longer, but John declared Dina would find herself more comfortable at home. Um, CPS barred Dina from having unsupervised contact with her children for two months and kept tabs on her for the following months. Eventually he prescribed, excuse me, eventually her prescribed medicine did his job and Dina was off the CPS radar. However, as soon as her condition improved, Deanna went off her medication because she considered medicine evil. She started having delusional episodes again. Oh my God. So, so apparently, <clears throat> apparently the medicine helped and it was fine, but all of a sudden she found them evil and now she was back to her delusional episodes again. Oh, indeed. Okay. Yes. Um, so, of course, Deanna's mental condition began deteriorating. She was caught making animal noises by growling and hissing. Um, the Word of Life's teachings were also having a serious <clears throat> impact on Deanna's condition. She started acting strange and keeping a distance from family members who 
who did not agree with her lifestyle or Davidson's views. Her fascination with Davidson knew no bounds. In her eyes, he could, he could do no wrong. One day while she was getting the children ready for church, Deanna dressed Margaret in white and said she wanted Davidson to marry the baby. Okay, uh, I got to say this, and I said, and I believe I said this to you when you first brought this up. Uh, so. This sounds like a damn cult to me. Yeah, most of. Okay. Though John convinced his wife to put another outfit on the child, he failed to notify CPS about Deanna's worsening mental state. Okay. I had a comment, but I'm going to leave that to the end. Um, after church, Deanna said she wanted to give her baby to God. John again brushed off the comment, and the two went to sleep. The next morning, oh, the next morning, Dina was adamant that God wanted her baby. So while the gospel music was flying, filling the apartment. Dina went to the kitchen and took out the biggest knife she could find. With a nine-inch blade, she cut off her ten-month-old baby's arm, killing her in the process. Oh, my God. When the police arrived at the scene, they were shocked at what they found. Dina was calmly sitting with bloody hands and singing Christian hymns. I was at the arrest. She, she was heard repeatedly chanting, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The court found Deanna not guilty by reason of insanity. She was committed to the North Texas State Hospital where, and was later released to outpatient status. So, I understand the mental part, the mental, you know, that she, had, she actually did mental problem. She, yeah. you know, I can't, you know, I'm not going to poke fun at, at mental illness because it's not funny whatsoever. Um, but my question is, if if she was committed to the North Texas State Hospital, and I don't know time frame here, guys. Um, I'm just, what, but what I am saying is, no matter how long the time had passed, she should still be in the hospital now. I don't understand why they put her on outpatient status. It wasn't the first time. It wasn't the second time. It probably wasn't the third time. Well, the second time, her husband didn't even say nothing to anybody, including CPS. Um, so I don't, I, I don't understand. But anyway, um, in the end, poor innocent Margaret suffered the consequences of Deanna and John Schuyler's disregard for proper clinical treatment, and blind devotion for uh, Doyle Davidson. So, yeah. Uh, that, that's... That one was heavy when I even researched it, and I, I was just like, how, how can you do that to your own child and be like, like, unfazed, you know? And then... My question is, and I don't know if we ever will get an answer to this, but it's like, what made you, what in your head told you to cut your child's arms? You know, like, 
what what was the scenario that went into your brain cell and said do this you know I don't like the fact and I mean I don't really like the fact that God was blamed for it like God told you to do it you know like I understand that I've, I've seen and heard cases that they actually bring you through the whole process mm-hmm which this case didn't really do. And, you know, supposedly in a dream, they heard from Jesus and said, listen, this person's evil, you have to kill him. I, that, I, that I can kind of understand because there's a process to it. They, from the beginning to the end, what the dream was about, they remember it vividly, and so on and so forth. This case doesn't really say besides she had, her, I know that the whole, her postpartum psychosis could have been part of it, I understand that postpartum depression could cause mothers, just particularly, of course, because that's who it happens to, um, to harm their children because for whatever reason, they have a problem with that particular child. Yeah. Um, some, I know of, of mothers that had postpartum depression on all of their, after after each birth. So it wasn't just one particular child, but all the children and she knew but um yeah i mean i gotta i gotta also state that her husband did her no favors here no i think her husband was the was was a bigger problem than she was because if she would have got the mental health and stayed on the medicine the way she was supposed to this would have never happened um you have to put some blame on the church because that veterinarian pastor, I don't understand how you get from veterinarian to pastor, but okay. Um, his teachings weren't typical in any means. You know, especially when they're talking about what, what his main thing was about medicine. And, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm confused about it completely in that aspect, but, yeah, you know, Unfortunately, Margaret Schosler suffered the consequences. Um, I met. Did, did we know if the other two children were taken away? Um, I believe so. No, I think they were. I'm, I can't recall being honest. Um, I'm actually looking back. Okay, yeah. Um, in the in the case that you read last week, or oh, two weeks ago, excuse me. Um, after Shola's arrest, her children were taken by CPS and kept in foster care. Um, her husband underwent a psychological evaluation where he was diagnosed with narcissistic personality traits. Okay. The psychological report also stated that he did not do enough to protect his daughter's from his mentally ill wife. CPS said they would only allow him to regain custody for, of them under the condition that his sister lives with the family and he was required to complete psychotherapy and parenting classes. He obliged and got them back in his home. That, that I don't understand why he did, you know, I mean, he is the father, we gotta give him that much, but hopefully he learned something. <clears throat> well, I think he did because it says he, he subsequently filed for divorce after the divorce settlement, um, 
Deanna was prohibited from ever having contact with him or their daughters again. So he probably did learn something. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy, for sure. It's definitely crazy. Um, yeah, so this was a, a short case, but we did find more information about what you were discussing, so I thought it would deserve it its own podcast. Um, forgive the train. That, huh? I said forgive the train. I forget the train, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, after after what happened in Texas, I, we, I personally don't want to do much children cases. I need some time in between. Um, and But this one, I think this one deserves to, to to be spoken about on its own podcast. Yeah. Most stuff, most stuff. Um, I, I can honestly say this was like a little mini podcast just to kind of like get into kind of like bring close some close to um closure to season two um yeah there is more to come um one thing i want to say is that i've been um thinking you know um about like starting maybe we should do some like little mini series just in between the week you know where it's just either you or just me just kind of like giving off a really quick story or really quick info about a case um and just have it where it's it's meant for those who want to subscribe to us you know um that way they have that little extra you know to them um if you guys are interested in that you know let us know you guys can email us email us at murderousintentions21 at gmail.com or you can always Instagram us and leave us a message at our Instagram murderous underscore intentions underscore podcast or you can always tweet us at mi true cry podcast um so yeah um we are give you guys a moment to catch yourself up um Recenter yourself, and then we will be back with our last episode of season two. Yes. All right, bye. See you then. Bye. Bye bye.